I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Possibly bleak as this. Never ended up in McDonald's, and I have had a trophy in one time. 
Hello, welcome to Chairs AOR. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. Joined by two very special guests. I've got Ben, what are you saying, bro? Ben's here. Tottenham are losing. Saying, it's man? a good evening. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, listen, Mourinho's in the mudders. The mud. Whilst we've got a, a young Tishio doing a madness. But, yo, Shem, what are you saying, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good. It's good, it's good to be here with you. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while since I've hosted, but um, you know, I have to keep seeing a, a man about multiple dogs. It's been a mad busy time for me at the minute, but um, yeah, as as you can see, Tuchel keeps rolling on. Um, the run continues. I think that's what fourteen games unbeaten under Tuchel so far. So it's um, it's a bit of a madness now. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm probably going to start off with um, the Leeds United game. It's not that. It was that much of a disappointment, but I just felt it was quite a, a boring, boring game. Um, it was very tactical, but you know, I, I think when you come up into a Leeds Chelsea game, traditionally when we used to play, we, there was a lot of goals in in these games. Um, it was all action, um, and we just didn't really get that at all. You know what I mean? But when you see the lineup, like Ben, like when you saw the lineup, what were you thinking? Because <laughs> I, I I felt a bit disappointed to be honest with, with the lineup. Um, yeah, you know, Pulisic got his first start. Pulisic got his first start. Mason Mount started um, in his um, I guess wide forward role. Um, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was like a four-two-three-one, or was it a four-three-three? Four-three-three. Um, yeah, it was a four-three-three. So we changed yeah. out the back from the back three to a to a back two of Christiansen and Rudiger. As we played right back. Chilwell left back, Jorginho Kante and Mount in midfield, and Ziyech Pulisic um, um, were wide. Havertz is the false number nine. Um, yeah, so when you saw that lineup, what was your first thoughts and how did you think we'd fare? Um, to be fair, when I saw the system, obviously the first thing I noticed was the system change, and I was happy about that because obviously a team that's going to press you, especially in just a hectic manner like um, Leeds do, you kind of want to give your defenders space and actually like g- give them space and I guess the responsibility of playing out. And I think sometimes, obviously, with teams that are just absolutely on top of you and just poor men forward, like I remember Barnsley did it, Barnsley? Yeah, Barnsley did it to us in the FA Cup um, in one or two of first games and we were struggling to play out proper. And I feel like all the players were just on top of each other. So when I saw the four at the back, I was obviously happy about that because I felt like it made sense against a team like Leeds. But then I was looking at the personnel. Obviously, I was happy Pulisic got a start because it's been a while since he's actually got to play. But I was looking at the personnel in general and I was thinking, hmm, I know we've got this obviously Atletico game coming up, but the personnel wasn't fit for purpose. It's not that they're not good players, but stylistically, it didn't make any sense. Um, In terms of the fact that we had players who are more players that are going to look to to receive the ball to feet, play off of others type of thing. Um, we didn't actually have any people, any anyone in the team. We already have a skills gap in terms of penetrative players, anyways. But we maybe Pulisic does it sometimes. But for like Hudson Odoi and, and Werner, for example, are players that look to penetrate constantly, constantly, constantly. Neither of them were playing. It was a lot of players that are gonna have it to feet, be comfortable with it. Maybe some have sometimes switches it up, um, but Ziyech most of the time wants it to feet. Um, so even with Ziyech, even with Herb, sorry, Havertz playing the false nine the two people we had beside him were not really going to maximise the space that he creates by coming um, deeper as well. So that was the first thing I noticed. But I still thought just by nature of the way Leeds play and the spaces that they'll they'll open, the spaces that they'll give us just by pressing how they do, 
that we'd have some chances. Obviously, we had and missed some chances, but it just looked like we lacked cutting edge in the final third, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I, mean I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I felt like the Pulisic and Ziyech um, combination, it just wouldn't be enough. And that's simply because, you know, when I, my, my whole thing is you need to really have two shooters on the pitch um, to really get, um, to maximise your attack. And I just felt that that attack was quite light. Um, Pulisic has really been off form. And, well, some would say that this is actually his level. Um, but he, he's been off form. He's not really been in the goals, not really been playing well, um, even, even with like, the short stints and short um, cameos that he's had. Um, Ziyech, again, he's been really, really poor, in my opinion, um, since um, Tuchel's come in. And I think that might just be just down to um, him not really being um, tactically acclimatised to the way Tuchel wants to play. Um, and obviously Havertz is a false nine and Havertz is a goal threat and Havertz does and will score goals. Um, but I just felt like that's not necessarily the right balance. And once again, I agree in regards to um, the penetration, um, Pulisic isn't really penetrative um, unless he's dribbling with the ball at his feet. And Ziyech is the one that makes the penetrative passes, but he isn't really moving with the ball in a, in a, in a, a dynamic fashion in a way that Hudson-Odoi and Timo Werner do. Um, now, Shems, when you look at that midfield of Kante and Jorginho, did you feel like there'd be a degree of control against Leeds midfield? Because I, I felt like of all the players, I think Kante probably had the best game out of everyone else in that in, against Leeds. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Kante was pretty good against Leeds. Um, in terms of control, yeah, I thought I thought we'd be cool in terms of control and midfield to see him because um, I feel like um, any of the combinations we've used this season, so whether it be Jorginho or Kovacic or Kovacic or Kante or Kante and Kova, um, generally we've been fine um, in terms of control. So I wasn't really worried in that aspect. Um, for me, it was more the attack, as you guys have kind of touched on already. Um, but yeah, um, I thought I thought we would have been fine um, in terms of in terms of that. Um, for me, it was mainly the attack. I was I was a bit um, bemused as to why Hudson Doyle didn't start, but obviously given the Atletico game in midweek, I guess um, that was just down to rest. But um, I kind of looking at the looking at the lineup, I kind of knew that. Um, we would lack um, we would we would lack chance creation just simply because um, obviously Pulisic has not really had the best season so far as he actually still kind of finding his way into form. So I feel like that was just a perfect game for um, Hudson to um, start a second game in a row in that inside left position as he did against Everton. Um, and the fact that Tuchel didn't bring him until late as well was was pretty surprising. But generally looking at the lineup, I knew we kind of lacked chance creation, and that's how it kind of planned out. So yeah, man. Yeah, it was, it was an odd one. It was an odd one. Like, watching that game, although I felt like we had a few chances. I don't think we had loads of chances. I mean, in the game, I think we had more shots than them, significantly more shots than them even. Um, I probably want to say double. I don't really have the stats at hand, um, but I think we had double. Yeah, we had 15 shots to their seven. Um, we had eight shots on targets to their four. Had more possession, and that's rare. To have more possession than Leeds at the home, is very, very, very rare. So I felt like whilst Leeds put us under pressure in spells, I felt the only thing that was missing from that performance was a, a clinical attack. Because I think um, Havertz had a very good chance um, where he got a block, I think Dallas or somebody got a block in the last ditch. And then there was another chance where Havertz was on his right foot and he just smacked it straight at, um, at their keeper, Melier. Um, but beyond that, there was no real clear cut clear chances um yeah 
that I, I felt like, yeah, Chelsea are, are going to score here. Um, it was, it, I wouldn't say it was a nothing game, but it was just very, very tactical. And I, I, I just didn't like that attack. I didn't like the way it was set up. Um, once again, clean sheet FC. Um, Mendy, fantastic. Um, obviously, our defence, once again, super. Um, and, and it kind of dispels the notion that, you know, Chelsea can't really defend unless it's a back three. Um, and, you know, Christensen um, defended, uh, I think it was Christensen and Rudiger again at the back. Yeah, Christensen and Rudiger at the back, who two players that have been much maligned uh, for a long time at Chelsea. Um, Christensen less so, Rudiger a lot. Um, but both, both of them are playing out of their skin at the minute. Um, I want to talk on Ben Chilwell, um, because I think of all of... Um, you know the defensive structures that we play. So whether that's um, whether that's uh, fullback or I'm not just a back three or back four, Ben Chilwell's pro- or left back or left wing back positions have kind of been our our weak spot. But Shems, you wanted to to say something earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, no, cool, but it's cool. Um, I think I think it was kind of reminiscent of the um United game in a sense that because I feel like with the Leeds game it started off quite quick in terms of um, uh, both attacks were um were linking up really well. I think um especially us. So Pulisic, Ziyech, um, Havertz, they were actually linking up quite well and getting in behind, getting into good positions. And then it kind of just petered out. It was kind of reminiscent, reminiscent of the United game. You know, the United game started quite quickly and then eventually both teams just cancelled each other out. Um, I feel like that that was a big thing um, against Leeds and um, it kind of just petered out really um, towards the end of the second half. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you um, generally. I don't feel like the game was bad. Um yeah, I, I think I think we we created a few chances that we really should have tucked, but um, it just wasn't meant to be. But um, obviously, you was getting on to Chilwell. Um, you just yeah. moved on to Chilwell just now. You've wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, um, uh, Ben, um, with, with you know, uh, we play for it at the back or when we play for it at the back, like we did against Leeds. Um, I think the left back position, um, is looking a little bit funny. Obviously, Alonso is Alonso. You know what we're getting from Inventure where we paid £50 million in the summer for him. It's not looking too great, is it? Um, what did you think of his performance against Leeds? Um, so, obviously, I only caught a half of how he was playing and obviously had to um, watch some of it back and obviously just look at some of the analysis and everything. I think, obviously, right now we're at a point where a lot of people are getting switched in and out of the team. I think yeah. Chilwell is one that is would probably benefit more from, I guess, some consistent starts, if that makes sense. I want to say yeah. he's just, he's been a bit patchy in terms of he's had games where he's not been good. Then he had the game, uh, what was the game when him and, was it him and Reese that started either, either wing back? Um, I think, I can't remember what game it was, but he had a good game then. I think he kind of needs to, I, I guess, maybe get some consistent starts. You guys know my feeling about Marcus Alonso anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's United game, United game, because that was when he came back in and he was quite solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, yeah. It was the game when I think James first started at a wing back. But yeah, I think um, Chilwell right now, especially in terms of um, obviously the way he plays, he's not bad defensively most of the time. Like most of the time, obviously people have moments. But when you look at Chilwell, he's someone I guess who wants to give you more. I guess going forward, and I feel like right now we're not even super clear on what we're doing going forward outside of the um the first two thirds 
So I, 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 with Chihuahua, I'm not that worried because I think it will come with time. I, I've never thought Chihuahua was like the second coming of Ashley Cole or anything, but there's a general standard in terms of the ability there. So I'm not really that worried about Chihuahua. I think it will come. And you know, my, you know, when it comes to Marcus Alonso, I can't continue to watch that guy starting this team. So soon may that end. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. What, what, what's your views on See, like, left-hand side? Yeah, um, personally, I think the criticism has been a little bit overstated, just a little bit. I think one thing Chilwell suffers from is that because he's quite uh, he's quite sound in terms of he doesn't really excel um, in an attacking um, from an attacking point of view. Um, so, like when you compare him to like um, a, a Regidon or like a, a, um, a Tierney, they're quite, um, they're very much tenacious. They're very like very much busybodies up and down that line. Whereas Chiro's more of a sound kind of left back, whereby very reliable in in, in terms of like defensively, and um, going forward he might not give you that kind of like explosiveness that a lot of people look for in fullbacks. Um, and to a certain degree. Alonso gives you just by him just being there because Alonso is very much a presence in the box if you understand what I'm trying to say Chilwell's not really that so I feel like people I can understand why people are found wanting when Chilwell's put in the wing back position um but yeah generally over, overall I feel like the, the criticism is a bit overstated however he he wasn't he wasn't great against Leeds um there was a couple of deliveries he got wrong and um he didn't really give us much um um in terms in the final third as an outlet um, but generally, he's a player that I do feel like can adapt to the role. He's a player that um, I am quite confident in terms of his ability. Um, and he gives me a sense of, of comfort down that side. So I'm not overly worried. However, um, I do understand why Alonso is getting a run ahead of him. And I kind of do understand why Chelsea fans are a bit underwhelmed by him right now. So, yeah, that's my thoughts in the position. I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about it. But um, I think for now, it's perfectly understandable why Alonso kind of has that little edge over him. At the moment, yeah. I mean, I, I, everyone knows I'm not Alonso's biggest fan. I've been very critical of Marcus Alonso for a very long time ever since he came to the club. Um, generally, what you get from him is decent offensive output in the, in the way of goal scoring and goal threat. Um, not really too sure if he's really a good creator of chances or creator of goals. Um, but you know, I think he's just got a little bit more than. Chill well when it comes to going forward. I think one thing that I'd probably say that I could criticize both of them for is their 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 laxness and their laziness when it comes to passing and giving the ball. And um, I think it's kind of sloppy. Both of them are quite sloppy in their passing. I don't think they really take care. I think one thing I like about Chilwell is his calmness in possession. But when he is overly calm, he can it can lead to mistakes. And we've seen it a number of times. I think in Leeds, he's just been careless and slack with passes in field, and then it allows for Leeds um, to break on us and you know put us in danger. But generally, um, I think I think Ben might have a point. I think early in the season when he was having that run of games and playing um, consistently, he looked a better player. Um, but as the season's gone on, he's definitely been on the wane a little bit. I don't know if that injury that he had, what he played through, is um, affecting him. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I, I don't know if Tuchel's, um convinced. And as a result, it could be possible that he might be looking to get some other players in. Because um, he likes Emerson. Um, and we'll get on to Emerson in a, in a, in a little while. Um, but he's, he's, he's stated multiple times, look, Emerson's been really unlucky with the fact that we've got three left-backs or, or three left-sided defensive players. And uh, he just had to leave them out. Um, of the squads, um, but he's been really happy with his application and training, really happy with his work ethic. And um, 
I guess that could kind of lead us on to the to the um or to, to the Atletico game, but Emerson. Can I quickly, can I quickly just say something, Emerson? Just real yeah, quick. On, sorry, so neat. Um, I feel like funnily enough, yeah, for the, the wing back spot. Emerson's arguably out of the three most suited, just in terms of his overall energy and athletics, because he's, he's he's definitely the quickest out of the three. That's and, a good point, you know. Yeah, and his his energy, his overall energy, he he would get up and down a lot a lot better um, than Chilwell and Alonso, because Chilwell and Alonso, like you said, Chilwell's a bit more he's a bit lax and he's a bit more um, conservative, and Alonso just doesn't have any athleticism at all. So, like in terms Very- of a win back. I feel like Emerson is arguably the perfect fit out of the three. Yeah, I can't understand you can, why Emerson doesn't play in a back four, but wing back role, I would like to see him get a chance. Yeah, you know what? I, that's a fair point. Um, my critic, well, my one, my one caution, um, in regards to that is that Emerson is very lazy when it comes to defending and when it comes to tracking back. Yeah, I think even Alonso is better at him when it comes to coming back into position. Now, mm. Emerson isn't again isn't the most um, dangerous going forward. I think he's got a lot of energy. You're absolutely right. And I think he can be dynamic. In fact, he is dynamic. But yeah. I don't know if he will bring end product in that role. I think Chilwell and Alonso will probably be more productive in yeah. that role. But I totally think in regards to the energy and the, the, the athleticism, I completely agree. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing with Emerson, Emerson literally looks like a, a, a player that was a winger that got converted to, to fullback, if that makes sense. And he's still almost mm-hmm. trying to be a winger. What you said about end products is definitely true. But um, just in terms of, I guess, looking the most dangerous in that kind of system, I, in an ideal world, Defo in it is like Emerson is I guess the one you're kind of wondering why is he not being given the chance given his skill set but then at the same time you just raised a really good point in terms of end products as well so it's a tough one for him really it's a tough one for him if he's if he is going to play as Shemi said it's going to be in the three at the back system rather than the, the, the four so and I do know, remember him getting caught he was caught sleeping on I think the Tottenham game he played and the Bayern game last year he was caught sleeping back post yeah. for, for a couple of goals so yeah I think defensively it's a bit of a I think the other two probably edge him so that's probably why he doesn't get a chance but that's, yeah. why, that's what I was going to say I think the aggression in their defensive application um, I think and they're, they're, they're generally more switched on defensively and that's crazy for me to say that about a long yeah. day I, don't I know it's crazy it's crazy but that's how much I think Emerson sleeps and he's a bit lazy but I think Emerson, when he's on his day, I'm on form. I think he's good. Um, he's quite okay defensively, but I think the biggest problem with Emerson is that one, he gets a bit, um, he gets caught out too much, and two, he often gets caught too square onto his man, and then he can get done on the inside. Mm, and then, mm, I mean, mm. it's a bit of a remember problem. when Morris so was like, having um, him up at the Etihad? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I. But that's the that's the thing. It's Mara's, isn't it? Mara's can do that to many players, but he yeah. just kept sharing them inside, and it was just too scary. So, um, yeah, it's just one of them things. We'll, we'll just have to see. And um, well, I guess that then leads on nicely because uh, Emerson had a quite a, a, a nice, a short and sweet um, evening, um, which was quite well, it was quite stressful and intense for us. But a short, sweet evening for Emerson, but a long, stressful evening for us. But in the end of the day, Chelsea won 2 0 at Atletico Madrid, well, at, at Sanford Bridge against Atletico Madrid, which was a, a fantastic performance and again, one of our best European performances for quite some time. Um, Shemi, bro, where, where do we start? Um, obviously, with the lineup, quite a few of us were quite surprised. Um, we reverted back to a back three. Um, 
Pert Happy Zuma was in the middle of the back three, which was uh, a little bit of a concern because we, we've seen Zuma um, in the middle of the back three before and it's been quite scary because um, that role generally is for people to, I guess the, their best ball playing centre-back should really be in that in that spot. Um, so there was a bit of concern there. Um, and obviously Hakim Ziyech, who again, wasn't pulling up trees against Leeds, uh, he started. Um, and I'll, I'll go through the lineup. Obviously, we had Edouard Mendy in goal, Aspi de Quetta as the right centre back, um, Zuma um, in the centre centre back role, Rudigard left centre back, Reese James at right wing back, Kante centre midfield with Kovacic, Alonso left wing back, Hakim Ziyech and Havertz in behind um, Timo Werner. Um, so, yeah, uh, Shemi, wh- what did you think of the team? And how was you, in fact, Forget the team. How are you feeling going into the game? Because it's probably one of our biggest games for quite some time. And Chelsea haven't actually progressed since, um, or out of the round of 16, since seven years ago. So it's been quite a long time. Um, how are you feeling about the game? Yeah, so um, I think if I'm talking with, with my football hat on, I was comfortable because um, I just felt like Atletico, they, they just looked poor. In the first leg, and I didn't, I didn't feel like they had outside of Jao Felix. I didn't really feel like they had much to kind of really, really damage us. Um, but then, as I kind of got closer to the game, um, as you mentioned, I think I was starting to feel a bit nervous just simply because we hadn't progressed past last sixteen for so long. We haven't been competitive um, in the Champions League for so long, um, and yeah, I think those nerves just started to kick in a little bit. And then um, that kind of I, that was kind of combined with when I saw the lineup, I was overall, I was, I was okay with the lineup, but I was just, I just thought um, Hudson Odoi was going to give would have given us um, something in terms of creativity. And um, just because I was impressed with him in that inside role, I thought he would have started. So I was surprised to see Ziyech start. Um, and that kind of worried me in the beginning. But then as I kind of um, got into the game, I kind of, I, I started to understand why Ziyech was there um, simply f- to play those through balls into Werner. Cause you know, Ziyech is um, probably, I say arguably the, probably the best passer we have in a team. And in terms of finding people, he's probably the one that tries it the most. So that started to make a lot more sense as the game um, started. Um, and as Dan said, um, and I think you said it as well, it's, it's, it's good to have two shooters or two kind of attackers and then a playmaker there. It, the makeup of the attack just makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I think to answer your question, I think um, going into the, like, so as, as the game approached, um, I started to feel a bit, a bit nervous. But with my football hat on, I was generally quite... Um, sure and quite comfortable that we get the job done because Atletico just they just look finished, man. Ben, yeah. Uh, yeah what, what were your thoughts, bro? Because um, I, I similarly was feeling quietly, you know, quietly um, confident, but a little bit nervous. But what, what were your what were your feelings? Yeah, no, literally, it was the exact same thing with me. Literally, the only um, actual thing was it wasn't even really down to anything we're susceptible to. It was more the fact of just the nature of Atletico and kind of what they're on in terms of just not playing football and just somehow shithousing the ball into the net type of thing. But I was actually quite surprised, even though they're a bit done out here at the moment. Not even, like, the first leg, they didn't do much. Second leg, obviously, they have to come out and try. We're ahead and we're, we've got the away goal. What I was more surprised about is that there was never really a period in the game where we looked un- that too uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially in terms of the whole... Um, I remember we talked in the chat about the, the centre-back situation and how none of us really trusted um, any of them as the middle, as the middle player in the free. Like, they were all... I think you'd say probably that um, 
out of the back three there, they're all kind of wide centre-backs in the three. No, none of them is kind of the middle one. Christensen has obviously been playing the middle one and it suits him perfectly. David Luiz used to do it when we was um, when we were under Conte. But yeah, they marshaled that game superbly, absolutely superbly. And as well, actually, um, the front the front players as well were actually quite um, dangerous on the counter as well. Werner looks really, really direct and really um, dangerous on the counter too. As much as we were, we were really good as well, but at the same time, Atletico, <laughs> if I talk about them, man, and I start talking about Simeone, <laughs> they'll, I'll be fined really and truly in it. But I'm just yeah. happy we're through, and I'm just happy no nonsense happened when it comes to that team because they're, they're on nonsense. You know what it is? Um, Atletico have got really good players. They've got mm-hmm. really, really good footballers. You know, they've got Lorente, they've got Jao Felix, they've got Suarez, they've got Saul. Lamar, they've got a, a, a host of talented footballers. Facts. Um, but, but one would argue that under Simeone, you're never going to get a team that's fully capable of playing to their potential. Because Simeone, um, not only does he stifle them, um, he stifle and stifle his team, the biggest crime about Simeone is that if his team are brave, they can play football. Facts. They can play football. Yeah. He, he's, got the, he's got the capacity, the coaching capacity to make his team play relatively expansive. Mm-hmm. The biggest crime is that he doesn't allow it. He's mm-hmm. too cautious, too scared, too cowardice yeah. to give his players the freedom to express themselves. And honestly, I don't even think Jose is this bad. Yeah, I, think Jose, I agree. I agree. I don't think Jose is disrestrictive. I, I agree. Think, I think Jose will play, you know, uh, his team with like half of the handbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. is complete, complete, fully locked pulled all the way back and it's making a click 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 noise you know what I mean and the thing like, with yeah, Jose the thing with Jose when he knows he's got superstars he'll he'll give them the kind of the responsibility to kind of win the game for him if that makes sense so yeah, when he ha- so, so you're seeing it now with, with Spurs Harry Kane he, he very much allows the game to go through Son and Kane so that they can flourish even at Chelsea with Eden Hazard um, he, he very much even though Hazard had to do quite a bit of backtracking he still kind of um, knew that Costa Hazard are our match winners so they're the guys that need. To, so, William, you're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be the hard worker, and these guys are gonna win me the game. So he he kind of still let them flourish, even Fabregas as well. So yeah, Simeone, I completely agree. Simeone is by far the most restrictive and conservative manager in world football, man. It's it's, it's peak. I feel so for Felix, man. Do you not think it's mad? Do you not think it's mad that Chelsea chose to go at some point? Do you not think it's mad that Chelsea fan at some point um, was saying, "Yeah, we should get Simeone." Do you know what it is? It's the spirit of Mourinho. It's the spirit of Mourinho. Yeah. You know what? Chelsea need to be inherently a defensive team. And I get it. It's been a part of most of our success. But Simeone is just, he takes the biscuit. He takes the absolute biscuit. There were moments where Jao Felix had some good turns and, you know, got a couple shots off. But beyond that, there was no attacking threat from them. None. And it was surprising. They had a spell in the first five minutes where they were pressing us pretty well. And they're putting us mm-hmm. under pressure. But, oh, yeah, yeah, and and I, I can echo that because I actually watched the game back today. And um, outside of that first, first five minutes, what, what what happened was, yeah, I think once they once they saw that we were we we've become so good at playing out from the back and beating the press, they had no answer to it. So essentially, their game plan was to press us from the beginning, which 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 they were doing really well, and it looked like they were going to come with a bit more intent. But as soon as we started popping it through that press and playing out into the spaces. They had no answer for it. Like it was like that, that was it. I think I think they I don't know if they anticipated us being that good at playing up from the back. Um, because obviously they didn't press us in the first leg, so maybe they hadn't seen us do it. But 
as soon as we were able to pop it around the press, which our play, which we've been doing superbly, by the way, the likes of Kante, Kovacic. Um, I think I was a bit worried without Christensen because he's very, very good on the ball and play, good at playing that. But Zuma was doing it really well. Obviously, Rudiger drives out. Havertz was coming in and popping off nice touches. Fam, they, they, they had absolutely no answer to it. So I think that was a major, major thing. Brother, they, look, Kai Havertz, show, yeah? That was... Listen, Kai Havertz, yeah? Yesterday showcased his talent and showed why he is one of the best young players in Europe. I Facts. don't think he was absolutely incredible, but what I saw was just quality throughout the, the throughout the game. You know what I mean? There were certain moments where his touch was a little bit heavy here and there, where he was trying to rush certain things. But when he got things right, he got them so right, so so right. I think that. Those little moments where you burst past people, again, not that many footballers in the world can do it. Not that many footballers have got that speed, that agility, that power, that 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 technique to kind of go past people. It's just, he's a fantastic player. Fantastic, fantastic player. And I, I kind of want to give a shout out because I think we've been kind of hard, well, not harsh. We've been, I think we've been fairly fair on Timo Werner and the season he's had at Chelsea. But... That performance yesterday. Guys, it was great. It was quality. It was quality. I've been Watching saying, it it's been coming. It's been coming. I can't lie. I can't lie. I, I was stunned still. <laughs> I've been lie. saying. <laughs> I've been saying it's been coming because he's just been looking brighter and brighter and brighter. Even if the goals are not necessarily going in, the main thing is general level of play shows you what how things are, are going are going to go it, may, it lets you predict how things are going to go and i think the main thing I, I of course Werner was on nonsense himself but i always say it's a slippery slope when it comes to these things it's your confusion that then leads to your your missing chances now your it's a slippery slope things get on top and on top and on top you're missing chances now your confidence is bad he just looks a lot more decisive in general under Tuchel which i think is a really good thing and even obviously it's too late for him to grab loads of goals this season but yeah. it's a, it's still a positive thing. It's still a positive thing, and 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 it's it's obviously looking like there's there's more than a way back if that makes sense, right? In terms of playing and team, getting your goals, being decisive, putting up numbers, etc. So I'm happy at the moment with 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 the way Vernon's playing, and and hopefully it continues to get better, and he delivers what yeah. many people I, thought I mean, he would. Look, I mean, look, Timo Werner, yeah, but I think we can comfortably say that he's not he's not hit the heights that we hoped. Yeah. And obviously, given the fact that Chelsea were looking at potentially signing um, Erling Haaland, um, may give him a kick up the arse, but also may make him feel like, look, he. I feel like one thing about Timo Werner, he's very self-reflective and very honest. And that's something yep. that I like about yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. Maybe a bit too honest sometimes, but I like the fact that he's honest and he, he can critique himself. And like the certain number of players that we've had in the past that used to make excuses for their performances, Timo Werner hasn't done that. He doesn't shy away from you know the fact that he's he's not been good enough. But in the last couple of games, certain things I've been seeing that have really made me think, okay, maybe there is hope. Because I can't lie, about two, three weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, Timo, I don't know, bro. I don't know if you can cut in the prem. I don't know if you can cut it. Because there's some players that their 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 style of play, what they require. In, the, in order to thrive, thrive just doesn't run in this league. It just doesn't, yeah. and that doesn't mean that they're, they're terrible. It just means that the Premier League is such a, a such a beast of a of a league. Like it, very few players can really come here and set a light just like that. Um, you have to be a really special player, and I was really calling into question if he was, 
Um, but his performance against Atletico was brilliant. I think his hold-up play was really good. You know, he, he was moving back and into players. He was actually showing some strength and courage and fight. But also his touch and his little tech was was there. Like it, was, mm. it was a lot cleaner. Mm. He was a lot the sharper. Touches. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time touches. Little, yeah, first time touches, first time passes off. It was very clean and, you know, it, it gave me a bit of hope. You know, I'm not going to get too carried away because um, his touch is very, very inconsistent um, and his, his general play is quite inconsistent. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, man. We'll, we'll see. I, I, it was encouraging. Very, very encouraging. Um, we want to talk about the goals, actually. Well, again, Kai Havertz, brilliant bit of play from Timo Werner to block the, the cross. And then it ricochets up in the air. Kai Havertz heads it down, bursts onto the ball, and then plays in Timo Werner, who again, threw, not through on goal, but he's on a, I think it's a 2v1 situation. Um, Hacking ZH is bursting through, um, and Timo Werner picks him up beautifully. And it was a poor finish, actually. And Oblak yeah. had an absolute howler. Oblak yeah. had an absolute howler with that goal, because he should have saved it all day. But um, yeah, 1 0. And from then on, I think everyone's nerves kind of soothed a bit because it was mm. really tense. It was mm-hmm. really, really tense. Even though we were in complete control and Atletico's threats only really came from Felix, that's all it really takes, really. You get a moment of quality, they're back in the game, they get their way goal, and, you know, we're in for a nervy night. But that goal soothed us down, like, settled us down, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was a really a great counter-attack, swift. And then, uh, yeah, second half, again, more of the same. It was quite quite easy. I didn't really feel threatened by them at all. And that's surprising because Atletico are a dangerous team and they can they can they can just take a couple of moments and they could they could smack you. Um mm. but yeah it was, it was it was it was I think it was such a complete performance and once again you, you look at the manager and think what a what a fantastic decision. What a fantastic mm. decision. The only thing that I can hold I guess Lord credit um criticism to the board is is not making the decision to hire him sooner because uh, I don't know when he was sat by PSG um but I, I would have I would have sat Lampard on the spot because uh, you, know, <laughs> I, I, you know me you don't know me in it I, I wasn't having Lampard for for quite some time tactically very very inept um but Tuchel has come in and really shown that yeah, Chelsea are actually a very good team. They've got very good players and they don't need certain individuals to come in and make the team. No. If you're a good coach yeah. and working salt, you could definitely get a tune out of these players because a lot of these players have won things. Um, it, it, it's just a madness. Uh, so a couple of moments, and I guess we've talked about Tuchel loads on this pod, but a couple of moments for, I guess, Tuchel's masterclass and tactical masterclass uh, last night, I guess, that was yeah, no, what I was just saying was just it was just it's just so refreshing to um to just have a man uh, just feel like you have a plan on the pitch. And not only is it being executed well, but it, it works if that makes sense. I wouldn't even say Lampard ha- didn't have a plan per se, but the, the plan was not suitable one for the players that we had and it wasn't even being executed well really, but just I, I'm even it's even just refreshing things running smoothly again, if that makes sense. And knowing your team is well coached, knowing that they're comfy in certain situations. Like I, I, look, I watched certain other teams, for example, like um, when Arsenal conceded the goal against Burnley, for example, and people were deciding whether it was Xhaka to blame or Leno to blame. And people were talking about he shouldn't give him the ball in that situation in the first place. I was looking at our team thinking, well, this is a situation where Jorginho receives the ball every single game or Kovacic receives the ball in every single game and we play the ball out from there like it's not even a dangerous situation so just in general that 
just the planning, the planning. And, and I'm excited for what's to come, especially in terms of the attack, because I feel like right now he's more just putting people in place and letting people be themselves rather than actually planning this is exactly how I want your the front free to work type of thing because I feel like he's had to come in and focus on the defence first. So when he actually gets to the attack, which he will, I'm excited to see what we're going to do. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like... Yeah, I, I feel like... Um, it's a, it's a mad one because I think he's coming to stabilise the team and make us very difficult to beat. Um, of course, he likes to play offensive football, of course, and he likes to be in control. But making us very difficult to beat makes us more likely to win matches. And yeah, I don't think like he, he makes us be defensive in a cowardice way. No, I think the defensive structure in which we, the structure in which we play is so solid that we're going to be less likely to concede chances, less likely to concede shots. And um, I definitely think that that system, the system itself, or the, the philosophy involved is, is fantastic. Now, <clears throat> it's very difficult to have a potent attacking um, setup when you've got players that aren't really firing. I think it's very different if you, you know, you may throw in a Haaland, for example, or you might just get people that are on form. <clears throat> so you might get a Timo Werner that's on form and he's firing goals a week in, week out, then that, change, that changes the, the, the landscape and changes the perspective of how well we're doing. I think when we're attack aren't really doing too, too well or not scoring too many goals, um, I don't think it's necessarily because of the system. I think it's because a lot of the players are, are off form. So, yeah, it's, it's mad. It, it, it is mad. I think Tuchel's mm. pretty much gotten most things right, and I think I've learned to stop I guess because we've had a manager for quite some time where things are so unpredictable and mm. things are so um, all over the place. And, and Okay, whilst Tuchel's slightly unpredictable in his team selection, I think with all of his decisions, they're considered. I don't think mm. he necessarily has any pre-agendas pre against certain players. I think they're all quite considered and measured in his decision-making. You know what I mean? Agreed, I yeah. Everyone has an equal opportunity and an equal slate with him, um, which is definitely different in, in regards to um, you know previous management. Because as you could see with the celebrations with Thiago Silva, Mason Mount, Jorginho, all very unified, the whole team very unified. There's no one that's outcasted or cast to the side where they're unused or unusable anymore. Mm. It's just um, he's cultivated a culture around the club that not only where we want to win and, you know, we're, we're hard to beat. But he's cultivated a, a, a unity and a, a team that have belief that they can achieve something. And I think one of Frank Lampard's last couple of words um, as Chelsea manager was, Chelsea are not a team that can compete or not a team that are ready to compete. And it's funny because after two months or eight, uh, like eight weeks, um, Tuchel's come in. It's not even eight weeks. It's probably even less than that. It's mad. It hasn't even been that long. It's, mad. it's not even been that yeah. long. Six weeks, if that. Um, mm. So under that time, under a month or six weeks or a month, two was mm. coming and made a sh and showed everyone that we actually can compete. We are ready. Um, so that. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, just echo some of what you were saying in terms of like, um, in terms of him being his decisions being quite measured, and I felt like yesterday that showed me. Um, as I said before, I was a bit, um, I was a bit disappointed not to see Hudson because I felt like he could have given us a lot from that inside position. But then, as the game played out, I, I said, okay, I understand why Ziyech is playing because he wants Werner in behind 
and he needs someone to feed him. It's like, okay, that makes sense now, if you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, um, just to echo that point, he's, his um, decisions are very measured and I feel like he takes a lot of um, consideration into making his decisions. And um, again, echoing what, what Ben said as well, just, it's, it's just nice to see us have um, a plan for these big games. Um, and I think for me, um, the way he's coached us um, in terms of playing at the back is is super impressive because um, not just not just the game against Atletico, but if you look at um, games against Liverpool, um, where th- th- these are teams that really will press you very, very high. Um, even Liverpool, I think, were stunned by the way we were able to play out um, against them. Um, but yeah, yesterday, if, if anyone, if you have the time to watch it back, if you see, particularly in the early stages of the game, um, the way we played out was absolutely superb. I can't, I can't stress enough. And that was key to us winning the game. Um, but yeah, it's very good to see the element of control is back in terms of game management. Um, everyone looks very, very comfortable in what they're doing. Everyone looks drilled. Everyone kind of knows their role, especially in the system. Um, and it looks like um, Tuchel is very good at giving instructions too. So yeah, that's a that's that's it's, that's really really promising. Just a quick one. I don't know if you lot picked up on this one, but um, I have just a um, whilst Havertz was fantastic. Um, my only minor criticism is that I feel like um, his penetrative runs are quite inconsistent. He does it sometimes and doesn't do it. Um, all the time I think Glenn Hoddle kept on saying in commentary yeah that if he got into the box he'd get a lot of um, head goals because of his height yeah. because we crossed the ball a lot so Havertz he he does it sometimes he doesn't do it I feel like if he does if he I think the last part for him to add um just like from what I've seen so far if he just can consistently get in behind when he plays number 10 then yeah that 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 would be fantastic but I, I, yeah I, I, shout out I, to everyone um big shout out to Kante who was um again superb um James was really really solid um, yeah, it was, it was just an overround, really, really good performance. I was, I was very, very happy. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to do a little separate section on Ingolo Kante, Mr. NG. Um, oh, fair, fair. Because, because, bro, look, Kante, for some reason, for some strange reason, for the last two seasons, Chelsea fans have been wanting to sell him. For the last two seasons, they've been wanting to get him out of the team. He's not important in the team. They wanted to get other players in his stead. And I... I it's, it's always baffled me. Always baffled me because N'Golo Kante quite literally is our only truly world-class footballer at the club. You know, you can make arguments for Thiago Silva. You can make arguments for even Mendy because Mendy has been a fucking superb. And I, I guess we could talk about Mendy in, uh, in a little bit, in a little while. But, bro, N'Golo Kante, once again, another European masterclass. Um, he's, ha- he's got quite a few of them in his locker now. Bro, I, you run out of superlatives to, to describe this man. I, mm. I don't know what other words I can use to describe him. He is an absolute gem of a footballer. Absolute yeah. gem. And the, the one thing that I don't like is the, the reductiveness saying that, oh, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere, but it's not just because of his physical. It's intentional. It's his ability to mm. read the game. His mm-hmm. intelligence. His intelligence to read the game is second to none. I don't think there's any footballer in world football that anticipates... Just those defensive actions as well as N'Golo Kante. And I remember, sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a rant, but I remember it was, um, what's his name? Um, Tim Sherwood. Sherwood was saying, oh, um, you know, the most intelligent players will play, um, you know, um, Jorginho, it'll be Jorginho and Kovacic throughout. And Kante, you know, he just, you know, he's not going to really play because he's not as intelligent. And I thought that was such an insult, yeah? A World Cup winner, double league, he'd won the Premier League twice, FA Cup winner. I, I, I thought it was such a, a, a shambles of, of, of a comment. Um, and I think that one thing that you need to recognise is that 
I think those are kind of undertones. Um, and you know, you're not going to attribute Kante's um, performances down to his intelligence. But there's no way he wasn't even charging around all over the pitch last night. I think he was just reading every situation, every every dangerous situation. He snuffed it out. He he's just a, a super super footballer. So I just wanted to give him a little monologue because that guy is an absolutely insane player. Insane. Have you guys got any words for the guy? Because yeah, I run out. I'll go on that. I, I, I would just like to say I was one of those ones who was like who kind of didn't mind selling him or whatever. Oh, just because God, just because I can't lie, I just just over the past I'd say I'd say couple seasons, maybe last season, I say on the Lampard. Um I just wasn't really impressed. Like I know he was getting a lot of injuries, so I just started to think that maybe his body was starting to cave in on him. But I'm so happy he's proved me wrong. Um I also I was um I've been super impressed with him. Um because obviously everyone talks about um our element of control with Jorginho Kovacic, but when he comes in, I, I haven't noticed that control disappear. So Liverpool it was a, it was another example where him and um Jorginho controlled the game superbly. And again last night he um him and Kovacic control um him receiving the ball under pressure, one touch passing. He, he's got it. He's he's just as good as as the other two. Well, maybe, but he's 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 able to come in, and, and I'm not able, to, and I'm not noticing a, a drop down in terms of um us um, being able to play out, and in terms of his his one touch um, passing, which is really really good. Um, but yeah, he's he's a superb player, and I, I just want to echo what you're saying as well that he's in he's in the right place at the right time. It's 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 intelligent and it's intentional. It's not just him charging around. So yeah, shout out him. Um, Luke, um, Luke, Ben, were you one of the brothers that was also saying that we need to get Kante out of here, or were you? Uh, listen, I, 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 I may be guilty. I may be guilty of those charges. Oh, yeah. Spooky. To be spooky. fair, <laughs> to be fair, I never said sell him. I just said that the way we were setting up, it wasn't even like a thing where it was to do with my personal preference or anything. But it was more just a thing where this is the way we're playing. If this is going to be the way we're playing, we need an actual. DM, do you see what I'm trying to say? Which Kante isn't, and he he wasn't. He was. This was especially during the time when we was playing him as a DM in the four three three, which everyone knows isn't actually his best position. So it was more thing where, well, if this is what we're gonna do. Obviously under Lampard, let's make it make sense type of thing. You always need a Kante, no matter how. Even if he, because he he wasn't looking himself for a, for a period, right? So he, whether he's looking himself or not, even a sixty percent Kante is better than a lot of man. You know what I'm trying to say? So you always need a Kante. And it gives you the option as well. But I'm just happy to see him return to um to to the levels because people would people were people were, were chatting shit really and truly. Like people were waffling. Uh, even even I started taking Kante for granted really and truly as well. So yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see, man. Honestly, man of the match yesterday. Yeah, man of the match by a country mile. And we had some very, very top performances. Obviously, you talked about Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Reese James, fantastic. Kovacic was very, very good. Um, you know, Kurt Zuma, Rudiger, absolutely incredible. Um, Edward Mendy, um, I, I, he's got uh, 18 uh, clean sheets, I think in about 20 games or something like that, something crazy like that. Uh, I think he's got, I don't know, my mistake, he's got 20 clean sheets in all competitions this season. Um, what, what can you say about the guy, man? I think he's actually incredible. He's actually incredible. I think whilst he didn't have such a busy night, um, last night, I think a lot of last couple of games, he made some incredible saves. You know, he had a point blank save against um, Jao Felix, but he tipped over the bar. Um, against Leeds, he made some absolutely world class saves. I think of all of the signings that we've had, Edouard Mendy has probably proven to be our most important, but even arguably our best, you know, our best performing. 
Thiago Silva is definitely up there, but Edward Mendy is definitely a toss-up between the two. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out because he's been absolutely superb, man. He's been superb. And I don't know, we paid, what, 22 million for him? Absolute snip. And like, it looks like he's, he's loving every minute of it. So that moment where he ran the length of the mm, pitch to celebrate yeah. the players. <laughs> yeah, that was good Because the last time Chelsea actually won uh, uh, the, the Champions League, Mendy was actually unemployed. So yeah, the crazy. story is just incredible to me. Mm. That's mm. Crazy. I, I think I think his um his 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 playing out is really really impressive. I think sometimes I get overly paranoid because he's so composed on the ball. Mm. Um, that's how composed he is. He gets me paranoid. Do you understand? But um, more often than not, he gets it right. He's really really good with his feet. And I think um, people um, underestimate the um, the um, the importance of having a calm goalkeeper because. Our defense has been doing really well. We've not been leaking goals, and that's been breed that that breeds from having a calmness um, in between the sticks. Because we all know when Kepa was there, when it was just chaos in between the sticks, that also that that feeds onto the centre backs. Do you understand? Because then the whole defense gets nervous, and then and then it's just a calamity. But when you've got the calmness of um of, of of a composed goalkeeper in between the sticks, that then feeds into the defenders, and then overall you've got. Um, a real, a real composed, um, solid back line. So yeah, he's been, he's been really good. And and even when he's not busy, when he's called upon, he 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 he's awake. He's not he's not sleeping. So yeah, shout out him, man. Um, he's been he's been really really good. Do, do you know what it is? You know when I think even when we talk about busyness, right? Obviously that we 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 put that in regards to shot stopping. But if because generally we've been in quite tight games, so like the nil nils or the one nils, we've got a one nil lead. Whatever we've never really put games to bed to bed for like for large parts of the game. So there will be certain points in the game where you know they're they're launching corners, they're launching free kicks, where he has to then take control, and you know, bro, he does it seamlessly. Like he, he you don't get a nervousness around him, and that that that's a testament to how good he's actually been. Honestly, it's um. Yeah, what a fantastic signing, man! It's been a, it's been a fantastic, a fantastic couple of days. Uh, but on we move to this weekend. Um, I think our next game. I want to say it's an FA Cup game. Sheffield United, yeah, FA Cup. FA Cup game against Sheffield United. So that'll be on Sunday at one one thirty. I'll probably say there'll be a couple more changes. Um, that game, um, and then after that, actually, we're gonna have a little break for yeah. Quite Finally, um, and to call, hopefully we'll be working with the players on the training pitch. Maybe we have a little break in there. Um, but yeah, we won't, won't play our next game until the 3rd of April. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be um, it's an interesting one because our, our run of fixtures over the next couple of games are, are definitely winnable. So after Sheffield United in the FA Cup, we've got West Brom at home, we've got Crystal Palace away, we've got Brighton at home, and we've got West Ham away, and we've got Fulham at home. Um, so yeah, our next six, but that's all before the Manchester City and Arsenal games. So things are looking quite decent, and I think if we, we, I think if you look at those fixtures and think you, in the Premier League, out of those five fixtures, you, you'd hope to get at least at least twelve points, in my opinion, because at, at the very least, obviously West Ham might be a very difficult game, um, but. West Brom's definitely winnable at home. You, sh- you should be winning at yeah, West Brom. Definitely. West Brom should be winning against Crystal Palace. Should be winning at Bright- uh, against Brighton at home. Fulham at home, we should be winning. Obviously, West Ham away, they're going really well in the league this season. So that should probably be the only real test. So 
Uh, yeah, I'd probably say to, you should, you'd be very disappointed if Chelsea don't come out with that of maximum mm-hmm. points or, or at least 12. Um, so, and that's all before Manchester City, then Arsenal, and then I believe it's Leicester, and then Aston Villa on the final day of the season. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, I think that's this is going to be the make or break for me. Um, yep. This yep. Bit. I think if we if we get maximum points, I think we should really be comfortable in in the Champions League positions. But it remains to be seen, man. And I'm actually looking forward to that Man City, Man City game because yep, same. I, I, feel, I, I, I feel like it will give us a, a little idea of what next season might be like mm-hmm. um, in regards to the title race. Because I think I said this season might be a bit too soon for us, um, e- even just in general in terms of bidding players in because we bought a lot of players, but. I think next season under Kutuko, I'm fairly confident that Chelsea could mount a title chance. That's not to say they're going to win it, but could potentially um, go toe-to-toe with Manchester City. So I'm looking forward to that game for sure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. I think it could be a really, really, really good watch. And um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I was always of the view that today, this season would be um, a bit too soon for us. So I think um, that game would definitely give us an idea of what we can kind of do in terms of competing for next season. So yeah, looking looking forward to running. It'd be decent. Yeah, and I, and I think we could we could leave it there. But I appreciate yeah. you boys joining me this evening. No um, problem. And a, a good week. Hopefully, we could top it off with a an FA Cup win um, against Sheffield United and get into the semi finals. Because uh, yeah. again, that's near the end of that competition, and that's a, we, we want to win, man. We want to win and. Yeah. Again, Tuchel's always speaking about winning and trying to force that mentality of winning down these players. So hopefully we beat Sheffield United, get through, and then yeah, man, bring on the next round and then bring on the rest. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I'll take it easy, boys, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.